0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee?
0: And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. (laughs) Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. High noon in the A Z. Who's this Pixie you speak of? Are you talking about like the uh, like Pixie sticks the candy? Yeah. Or did you say the Pixies that uh you were a big Pixies guy, right? You went to a few of those concerts, As got a couple of, facts, of fights at I Pixies did not, concerts. but
1: no? Oh my goodness, Cobain may have ripped the Pixies off. <laughs> just saying. Yeah.
0: Actually I just uh googled it up. It says right here, Pixie is a mythical creature of That's British right. of British folklore. <laughs> Pixies are considered to be particularly concentrated in the high Mortland areas around Cornwall. Yes, Paul. That's enough. That's there you go. Really and up. speaking
1: okay. of pixie, what do you got for us right here?
2: Well, per Paul last segment, this pixie should have the rest of the day off for editing oh. the Hard Knocks Cuts today. Oh,
1: oh uh-huh. I like it a little kickback, Paul.
0: Yeah, well, there were a lot of beliefs in there that took a lot of editing, so well done, Pixie.
2: Thank you, thank you. All right, let's get to it, guys. With the championship college football being played this weekend, it makes sense for the Rose Bowl to announce that they have amended their deal with the college football playoff, paving the way for a 12-team playoff extension. How do we feel about 12 teams in the playoffs starting in 2024?
0: It's better than 16. 16 was way too many. You weren't going to find 16 qualified teams to be in the college football playoffs. I'd rather see eight because it would just maintain at least a little semblance of importance and urgency to the regular season. Now this 12-team college football playoff, okay, I guess so. There's money to be made. I was privately, uh, secretly wishing for the Rose Bowl to continue to play hardball ultimately they'd have nothing to stand on than be on the outside looking in. But I figured, you know what, it, maybe it was the one way my alma mater could ever get into a Rose Bowl is if they were actually out of the rotation and the first 30 teams were wiped out of actually being eligible for the Rose Bowl, hence Cal might have been able to make it at some point during
1: my own lifetime. Yeah, speaking of right there, Polly. honestly, what a snob attitude that is right there to say that. No wonder you come from Cal Berkeley. No wonder, Polly. Just honestly, once in my you know lifetime, I'd like only, to go to Pasadena. There's only eight teams. That are worthy of actually getting into the don't go to sixteen. They ought to go to sixteen. What are you scared no. of? What are you worried about? Oh. So what? The sixteen seed gets in. Guess what? Beat them then if they're that easy to Here, beat.
0: Here's in a sixteen playoff, right? Yeah, uh, Maloney's Oregon team with like four losses would still get in. That's oh, what I'm worried about.
1: Stop it, Paulie. This is not. This is about the playoffs now. It's no longer about this system that just benefits the rich, so to speak, Paul. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to get some people into the postseason that, you know what? Yeah, they're a little dirty. They had a little tough season, Paul. They had a little dirt smeared on their face, maybe. And yet, somehow, some way they got into the postseason. Hey, beat
0: them if it's that easy. Well, are you saying the rich are not going to get richer under a 12 team college football playoff format? Yes. I mean,
1: seriously. You're going to actually see some Cinderellas get included in this 16, yeah. well, the 12 team playoff right now. Should have gone to 16, yeah. but still, 12? That's better than eight. Because I'm sure it's all all about the little guy four. in
0: college football and the Cinderella story. I'm sure that it's it's that's what's driving everything hey, right Paul, now. That's the only way yeah.
1: Berkeley's getting into a playoff. All right, let's stop. Let's stop, let's stop with the trading blows Stanford. here.
2: <laughs> come on, come on. All right, it's time to move to nba basketball our sanderson forward poll question of the day is up now on arizona and it asks was devin booker's 51 point night the most impressive regular season performance of his career you only have two options yes um, or no
1: no i'm talking about 70 in the garden so uh, i come on that was Ridiculous, and we all And how old was he, Paulie? When he twenty one, he was twenty one years old, 21. and he went from seventy to. Yeah, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to go, and I'm going to stick with that on the road.
0: You know, I do anything and everything I can to not find myself in agreement with Ron Wolfley, but how do you argue with seventy? At age twenty-one, so sorry about that. No, no matter how bad the Bulls' defense was last night, no matter how bad the Bulls were, period last night, I mean it, it, it's just the contrast was striking. <laughs> I mean, D. Book goes twenty to twenty-five, six to seven from three-point range, and the Bulls is a team in the first half shot one of fourteen from three-point range. Yeah. So the Bulls did their part to make Book look good, but what, no, the Boston Seventies still reigns.
1: What is it with you and numbers, Paul? Honestly, and yet what's amazing about it all—the numbers you just read off right there—they'd all fit on your forehead. Next.
2: Well, you guys, the public does not agree with you. 70% of people say yes, it was his greatest game.
0: Recency bias. That's what that is.
2: All right. Are you calling the other 30% idiots here, you two?
0: (laughs) I, I didn't say a word. Wolf is. a word, Bix. Wolf doesn't care about his Q rating around here. So, yes, Wolf owns that.
2: <laughs> All right. It is a Thursday, which means we've got it's NFL low, football Bix. tonight. Oh, God. Okay. Well, I know. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tonight, the Buffalo Bills will travel to Gillette Stadium to face off against the New England Patriots. We just had Zo on earlier in the show, and he spoke highly wow. of his Buffalo Bills. But you did point out that the Arizona Cardinals are going to face off against the Patriots now next week after their bye. Zoe said that some of his concerns are Bill Belichick's game planning and putting Kyler in bad positions. What are you guys looking for tonight ahead of that matchup?
0: Well, with all due respect to Bill's apologist, Lorenzo Alexander, who, once again, we did confirm our four, nine, and one score games over the last two years. Uh, they started out 0-7. They're actually two of nine. They were two and nine at one point. They've won their last couple. Of course, it was against the Lions and the Browns. But anyway, as for the Patriots, here's what I'll say. This is what concerns me, Ron Wolfley. 2020, the Cardinals' last meeting against the Patriots. COVID year. Empty Gillette Stadium in Foxboro. And there was Cam Newton. Cam! <laughs> and he was stinking up the joint. He had a passer rating in the 20s. And somehow Bill Belichick pulled out a win against the Cardinals. Yeah, remember it, Bo. That was part of the whole losing, what, five of your last? No, that was actually the- was five of your last seven in 2020. Yeah. And to me, I know the Niners' loss, the second-to-last game against C.J. Beathard, and then the finale against the Rams and John Wolford. But that loss at Foxborough, where somehow Bill Belichick was zero talent and an even worse quarterback at that point, Cam Newton engineered a win, that's what scares me.
1: Yeah, for me right now, it's just Bill Belichick, of course, in that New England Patriots defense. Watch their pass rush tonight. They're number two in sacks, as a matter of fact, 37 sacks on the season. Number two in sacks in the National Football League. And I worry about that in regard to the Arizona Cardinals and their offensive line and the fact that they are going to have to run the ball, man. They are going to have to run the ball and do it very, very well and run down I think that Bill Belichick will take away D-Hop and he'll take away Hollywood. He'll take those two guys away from Kyler Murray and force the Arizona Cardinals to beat them with somebody else, whoever that may be. Well, a big part of that can actually be running the ball. If they can do that, they've got a chance to win the game. If they can't, they got no chance.
2: Wolf, when are you going to have your best friend Bill Belichick on the show?
1: Uh, you know what, honestly, I think we've got a request in. The last time we did this, he did not answer. He did not reply until the day of. Literally like an hour before he actually was going to go on, somebody called and said, oh, by the way, coach is ready to join you. So we've put the request in. We'll see if he does.
2: There's a lot of blame being thrown around on this wolf and Daniel <laughs> lunch today. All right, and finally for you. spidey
1: ruddy finger of blame.
2: And finally for you guys. We've got Devin Booker put on a show last night against the Bulls. He scored 51 points in three quarters. Do you guys finally think this is Devin Booker's MVP season? Or if not, who do you think his stiffest competition is?
0: Well, Wolf Jason named Tatum. it. Yep, the whole East Coast bias, the Boston no Celtics, doubt. the brand that is the Boston Celtics. Celtics. We get it. And then if they're going to go strictly numbers, Luka Doncic. Oh boy, he has three forty-point triple doubles already. So yes, there is formidable competition. But your D book last night himself say hey, he wasn't really in the MVP race a year ago, even though he finished fourth. He's a legit. Top three contender, yeah. and it is wide open between those three guys, especially Tatum and Devin Booker. If you presume they're going to give it to one of the top winning teams in the NBA,
1: okay, Paul, get your.
0: And by the way, can I just say this? Not only will Wolf not get Bill Belichick on this air ever again, um, and and you guys will, you know, he's going to ride the coattails of that interview forever, right? But uh, he's got bigger problems right now. He needs to get Sean Payton on these airways, considering that <laughs> Wolf was at Eastern <laughs> Illinois for a 1985 <laughs> training camp when Sean Payton was there. Where's Sean? Payton, where's the interview? What? I hope I didn't rough him up, Paul. That's the only.
1: <laughs> I hope I didn't do that. Yeah, do you read,
0: Paul? see that? That's as Maloney can attest. That that's the downside of Ron Wolfley. He he ran into a lot of people <laughs> luminaries and big names. What you don't know is whether he fought with him at some I point, know, Paul. You just I, don't know the terms and just... relationship and how that hey, exists.
1: Sean, pick that up,
0: uh, DeAndre Ayton. You know, it wasn't just about D Book last night, DeAndre Ayton. And t by the way, combined outscore the Bulls' starting lineup. Hello. Uh, growing before eyes, absolutely. We'll tell you how and why. Wolf and Luke with Calvisi sitting in on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the
1: local sports leader.
0: All right, Wolf continues to bring all the numbers and the stats and make this pretty much like a math class as we bring the infotainment around here. Luke and Wolf starring Paul Calvisi sitting in, Paulie Pinch Hitter, as we sit here and just marvel and just stare at last night's game and the aftermath thereof, just what Devin Booker did to create these ripples around the nba to the point where even kevin durant was moved to tweet quote 20 25 is effing ridiculous devin booker and tweet so yes he is catching the attention of not only uh, the locals but those across the country and uh you know so look Wolf, the mvp thing is real yeah. It's not something manufactured by us local, you know, blowhards here on the flagship station. You see it starting to resonate nationally.
1: Yeah, speak for yourself, Paulie.
0: As for DeAndre Ayton, for those of us who follow the Suns on a daily basis and realize the importance of D.A. to this team, how about the fact he had 30 points, a quiet 30. Even Monty Williams, the head coach, said he didn't realize that D.A. had 30 on 11 of 18 shooting, 14 rebounds, and it was the way he went about about it. it was the mm. second quarter. It was the multiple slam dunks. So again, what do we talk about with D.A.? Don't show me the box score because you know what? There have been many times where you get to the end of the game to, uh, to Monty's point and you're like, you know what? He had another double double. Really? Yeah. It, it, it It's the eyeball test. Right. And, and you saw it there in the second quarter, especially when he had a series of slams and finishes with Devin Booker, which made it even more incredible to watch.
1: Paulie, there is no doubt about it, man. Right now, this is the most promising I have seen DeAndre Ayton since he has shown up here. We've seen flashes of this before, have we oh, not, yeah. Paulie? Uh, well, the playoff run to the finals. Exactly. We have seen flashes of this before, but to your point right now, it isn't the numbers. It's not even the 30 and 14 of last night. It isn't. I'm sorry. It's the how he's actually doing it. You are seeing him choose the option of slamming it home more than what we have seen before. Again, this is four games. This is a four-game sample size, as far as I'm concerned, that I have seen DeAndre Ayton play with force. And it started last Friday. It started against the Detroit Pistons. But it was after the game that he got jacked in the back by Pat Bev, was it not? Three days later, he played his first game and went, what, 28-12. and 12 three days after that against the Pistons. And then on Saturday night against the Warriors. What did he do, Paulie? It was 29 and 21. 29 and 21, Paul. Ding, 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 ding. That's what he did. And it wasn't just the numbers. It was how he was doing it. He was doing it with force. This is something we have heard over and over and over again. Monty Williams coaching up DeAndre Ayton and talking to him about force. You hear James Jones as well speaking of Da and playing with force. Force is the buzzword, not grease, Polly. Not your favorite movie. Force is the word. That the sons are looking yeah. for from DeAndre, right?
0: I prefer the musical. By the way, on stage, um, the I'll tell you this much: you use force. I say the A and D A stands for aggressive.
1: You've never seen the musical, right? I mean, I want to be clear on that before I let you go and go off on some benign, an inane rant. You, you did you ever really see that, Paul? I, on I will, stage, I can tell you. <laughs> I can
0: tell you right now, I did put my foot down at going to see Grease the Musical. And okay. my okay. wife had to find someone else to go to that with.
1: <laughs> I'm so proud of only so well much done. I can take. Okay, great. Okay, so, so Nan went with her. Is that so what you're saying?
0: Next. So the a and needs to stand for aggressive. And guess what? During a blowout, it's even more important. I mean, if Coach going to put me in there, i got to work on something. Um, you know, uh, I'm not taking it. Uh, anything away but you know i was really locked in on you know just finishing off strong you know you know there's a little thing in the league where you know you see a comfortable position and you know some teams you know tend to get some type of momentum going in those little minutes and i'm glad coach put me in to really just shut it all down and you know just seal the deal and you know just you know finish off the game the right way
1: you know what? Honestly, okay, that that's really, really good. That sounds really, really good. Um, but don't let it go to your head, do Okay, don't let it go to your head. What did Monty that, say? That, Monty? That's not
0: what I'm hearing. There, well, I'm hearing no. I'm hearing someone that without CP3, with the uh, tendonitis of the earlobe, whatever it is, with without Devin Booker in the fourth quarter,
1: he considered himself the closer. Yeah. Paulie, I know that. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Don't don't make it sound like you are the de facto closer. This is what I'm saying. Confidence is good, Paul. Confidence is good. They want him to be confident, but just what did Monty say? You know, proud. Yes, not satisfied. Okay, but not. But Wolf, well, yes, he's not three, the closer. Three years,
0: you wanted him to talk tough, and no, be the man, and no. sound like the man, and look oh, like the man. No. It's finally happening.
1: No, I never said that. Paul wanted him to talk tough. Yeah, what? Go out there and finger roll and talk tough, Paul? No, I don't think so. I wanted him to play tough. That's what I wanted him to do. And there's nothing wrong with talking confidently. But don't don't do it when you, you were talking about a four game sample size here and all of a sudden but, what you're talking about closing?
0: But if his persona is tough, all the better.
1: I'll take it. Just ratchet it all Paul, up, Paul. Don't you think it's a little late to work on your persona being tough when you've played four years in the league? Don't you think the word is out on you right now? As ask Pat Bev if in fact the word was out on DeAndre as to whether or not not he was tough
0: let's get more words from DeAndre how about just the combination him and Devin Booker they would say the same thing like everything we do is about the team there there were certain moments in the game where those two had it going especially on the right side of the basket in the first half where we played a two-man game and it was pretty cool to watch them whether it was a DHO or he threw it to book and book came off of a pick and roll shot it or DA found him for a backdoor Like, that was pretty cool to watch. Um, And, you know, I think all of these moments, opportunities are going to help us in the future. When you're able to do this without Chris, you know, it it makes you think about the potential of our team as we go forward. Um, And I I think they would say the same thing. If not for the spacing on the backside, it doesn't open it up for those two to play the way that they, they did together tonight. You know if the, what did he say? Paul? You, you know they have the injury reports, right? And they put the name, and then parentheses they put the injury. Yeah, like you know, um, Chris Paul, heel. Yeah, right. I think what they they should update the injury list. It should read Chris Paul, parentheses D A. Uh, okay, that's the reason Chris <laughs> Paul is out. Okay, not because of some okay. sort of so wait a heel minute. Are injury, you
2: Paul? What, <laughs> allegedly?
0: You just heard money. You just right heard there? Monty associate Chris Paul in his absence with the growth and evolution of DeAndre Ayton and the chemistry with Devin Booker did um, you not
1: well he i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yes of course it did kind of sound like that right there and he's right they have to learn how to do it because hey we know that Chris Chris Paul gets hurt from time to time So you're saying, Paul, that this was no mistake, this lingering injury to Chris Paul right here. Is that what you're saying, that they want Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton to work the two-man game and to grow a little bit here? And maybe, maybe DeAndre Ayton will actually understand what it is to close a game or two. Is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is when the media asked
0: James Jones and Monty Williams on an almost daily basis,
1: oh, geez, oh, oh, when is the heel going to be
0: better? When are we going to see Chris Paul again? And you get, And what was the most recent answer? Well, Chris will tell us. Yes. No, 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 no. Yeah. We'll tell Chris mm. when he's ready. And it's based on when DA shows us he's ready and able as a true... 1 2 with Devin Booker.
1: Interesting, isn't
0: it? And if D Book sits out the fourth quarter like you did last night, and DA is the closer. And not only does he prove himself, but he proves to himself so he has the confidence level of a closer even better.
1: Even better going into the postseason because you need to win in different ways. You need to be capable of winning in different ways. And what happens if, in fact, Chris Paul does go down? Does anyone doubt that the Suns are a better team when Chris Paul's out there? Yes, I believe they are a better team when Chris Paul's out there. But what about when Chris Paul's not around? Because he's so ball-dominant for the most part when he is out there. What happens when he's not around? You've got to have an answer for when he's not around because we've seen him get hurt in the postseason since he's been here like he has much of his career. So why wouldn't you find an alternative way of winning games? You would. And that's what I think they're doing.
0: Just tell me, when's the next game against the legit five? When is the next game against Joel Embiid? Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Jokic, Anthony Davis. I want to I see this DA against one of those guys again soon. Look it up
1: in the media guide,
0: Paul. <laughs> text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Oh, boy. P twice and k one Patrick Peterson added again. This time Kyler responded. We'll get into it next. The gloves come off. Wolf and Luke. Calvisi sitting in on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, can you see the uh, viral video of Lewis Hamilton? You know who Lewis Hamilton is? No, I don't. Sir Lewis Hamilton, by the way. He's a minority owner in the Denver Broncos. Okay, Paul. But he's better known as an F1 driving champion.
1: What are you trying to do, drive people away, Paul? No, no, he was was
0: in Japan, and there's a viral video of, I guess, uh, they had rented one of these uh, super elite cars, right, with a lot of horsepower, a lot of performance. And... uh, Let's just say he knows how to drive at a very high rate of speed and do a lot of stunt driving, which he may or may not have done in the rental car. Oh, no. And now the rental car company ain't none too happy. I
1: bet they're not. Their car. What do you? It's what comfort. is it? At we- one
0: point, they showed the cockpit, and there's smoke coming up through the gear shift lever. I see, Paul. That's
1: probably not good. What is it with these rental cars where people just think it's a rental? I'm going to treat it any way I'd like to treat it. I- Are you like that, Paul? I mean.
0: Well, there is. that's sort of the way I treat this show. You know, I mean, it's it's a rental car. So, you know, just if I hit a few curbs or what have you, yes. you know, smoke the back tires every once in a while, whatever. I'm throwing the keys back at him on Friday. It's a rental.
1: This is what they do in Beijing.
0: So anyway, that's apparently what Patrick Peterson has been doing on his podcast. Just go ahead and, uh, you know, burning rubber in any direction. It doesn't matter who he's dragging into it. And the latest was his former quarterback. By the way, the one he anointed CEO of the Arizona Cardinals midway through his rookie year by the power not vested in Pat P. He was the one who actually called... Kyler Murray, this CEO, and now he's calling him a lot of different things that aren't nearly as complimentary. Here you go in 3-2-1 from the Pat P. pod. Verbally now, vocally, Kyler Murray is talking about, and, and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things
1: privately, but it tells me he doesn't care about the co- his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying... Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's just a
2: matter of the fact.
1: Well, well, yeah, well, I, I got so. <laughs> Hey, I can't, I can't argue that. I don't know him personally. You played with him for
2: a few years, so I got to take your word for it.
0: Right, Brian McFadden, Man. former Cardinals
1: cornerback for a
0: spell on the co-host on the podcast. You know,
1: it's amazing he mentioned the word privately, right? <laughs> uh, you know, that's interesting. It's Brian McFadden, right? Yes. yes, Okay. Uh, thank you for that, Bully. Um, you know, it's interesting you mentioned privately because that's exactly my problem I have right here with Pat P. You know You don't come out and talk about your teammates. You don't come out and talk about your teammates in a personal kind of way. You just don't do that. I'm not saying you ever lie about somebody, Basinonians. Of course you don't. You don't lie. But you don't come out and actually say something, of course. Um, That's derogatory about your teammate. That is the code of the locker room. It is. Did I get along with everyone that was walking around in the locker room when I was playing? Say no. No, I did not. Did everyone get along with me? No. No, that was not the case. But the one thing you can always bank on is at least your teammate, former or otherwise, was not gonna throw you under the bus. And that's exactly what Pat P just did. And Kyler
0: Murray, after a couple hours of this getting trolled around on all the social media, decided to defend himself, and rightfully so. Kyler tweeting out, and I quote, This isn't true. You on some weird stuff, P2. You got my number. If you really felt like this, as a, quote, big bro or mentor, you're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me, so your podcast can grow.
1: That is an excellent retort by Kyla Murray, Very if well you done. ask me. Right, Paul? Right. Very well Why done. Why do you love it, Paul?
0: I love it because it just illustrates the hypocrisy of Pat P, where he's accusing Kyla Murray of being only about Kyla Murray. when. Well, What is P2 doing on his own podcast? No. He's compromising relationships and going scorched earth and breaking out the flamethrower in the name of clicks and views. When the Twitter account for the podcast puts out those exact clips for everyone to see, emphasizing the fact that, yes, this was said. Yes, everybody look here. Then guess what? You are the look at me guy. You're the all about me guy if you're doing it with that being the end game.
1: Yo. You know, I talked about this earlier, Polly, um in regard to this story, of course, but I listen, I love Pappy, you know it um I feel like i I know a little bit about Pappy um I don't want to make it sound like we're playing cards on Wednesday night because we're not, but I do know this you're actually closer to Pappy than I have been. I'm not saying you're playing cards with him on a Wednesday night as well, but it's got to be difficult for you to actually say this because I uh, you do have a relationship
0: with him. There's a lot to like with Pat P and Kyler Murray, and and I like both guys. And, right. And, and look, both guys have only been good to me, and I've emceed a number of Pat P's charity events over the years. There it is. Evidence. Evidence of all the good he has done. Yes. So it's shocking. It's disappointing. It is. It's confounding in a lot of ways. I get it. He didn't get that contract he wanted from the decision-makers. Yeah, but
1: Paul, that doesn't give you the right. It doesn't give you the excuse to be able to say, you know what, you didn't give me the contract, Steve Kine, Michael Bidwell, you guys, the organization did not give me the contract. Okay, if you want to rip the organization, I understand where the animosity may actually be, even though I think it's misplaced. Yet at the same time, it doesn't give you the right to start talking about your teammates in a very derogatory kind of way. Especially a guy that you mentored. And that's what Kyler, I think, is alluding to. Is well, not, not alluding. He's, he's bringing to light that Pat P was like a big brother. That he was mentoring him. Or at least felt like he was mentoring Kyler Murray. And why not pick the phone up and call him and talk to him? Yeah, man, it's
0: hard. It was Kyler Murray's rookie year. It was the first team minicamp, the mandatory minicamp. And I vividly remember talking to Pat P at his locker about Kyler, his first impressions. Yeah, And his response was, these baseball quarterbacks are killing me. All the arm angles. He named Russell Wilson. He named Patrick Mahomes. Matthew Stafford to some degree, right? He said, you know, Kyler has that sort of arm talent. I mean, he couldn't have been more bullish. So what happened? Is this just a byproduct? Of his scorn and ire for the organization because he didn't get that contract and they let him walk. Amazing how this all comes out after a win. We didn't hear any of this after the Vikings lost a year ago and he didn't play particularly well. Yeah, you know he, he's no longer that it's just man-to-man press man travel cover corner. They have him in a zone in zone coverage mostly this year and he's been a lot better in yeah. zone. So he's feeling himself. He's smelling himself, as DJ Humphries likes to say. But again, I mean when you're trashing ex teams and ex teammates on your podcast, who are you thinking of? Right? When the yeah. when the Twitter account sends it out yeah. for all the clicks and views, who are you thinking of? When you got suspended for six games in two thousand nineteen, because maybe just maybe you were thinking about that next contract. Ultimately, who were you thinking of when you were found guilty of that and the number one corner on the team had to miss the first six games? And you know what? was never the same thereafter. Yeah. Good point. So it's just the utter hypocrisy of it all. And it pains me. It really does. Because once again, he's done so much good. Yep. And otherwise he's been a really good Now look, has he been has he had a lack of awareness at times with some of his comments and you know, people can roll the Yeah. But you know what? You need supreme confidence if you're gonna be elite number one cornerback.
1: Yes, and for me, let me just say personally, this hurts. It hurts personally because again, he's violating the code of the locker room as far as I'm concerned. He's talking about a teammate in a very derogatory kind of way on his podcast, doing it publicly.
0: So forget about the pod. What can the Cardinals? learn about their next opponent from tonight thursday night football we'll get into that next calvisi for luke wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader wolf and luke middays arizona sports the local sports leader by the way, speaking of chaos and insanity on podcasts, Pat Bev had something to say on his podcast. No way. About DA. Oh no. Yeah. Involves a certain expletive as to uh Yeah, what he would do all over again to DeAndre Ayton with zero regrets as to the first incident.
1: So zero regret zero regrets as to the yeah. Oh no. In fact,
0: before we get into Thursday night football, oh, here we no. go. Uh, apparently, uh, Pixie has done a great job already pulling this from the Pat Bev pod because it can always get worse. It's about two
2: and three, two one. You know, unfortunately this right national TV game. You don't want to you know be viewed as that, but you know that that, that him like we are not going for that. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's not like you know him him, but you know. You know it's a you know i'm team team you know and you can you know ask people who's played with me ask superstars that played with me it's the reason why guys want me on their team you know after they heard about the trade this summer like so like you know me i'm i'm all about team team and like very unfortunate situation you know and if i could play it back again i would do the exact same thing Boo, boy
0: okay so there you go. Very unfortunate. I wouldn't do anything to try and remedy that or resolve that. I'd just do it all over again, though. Right. Because it was it was unfortunate, but not so unfortunate that I wouldn't just repeat my actions all over again. While showing, obviously, the sort of remorse that Adam Silver really wants. And he handed down the three-game suspension to Pat Bev. So, uh, do you think that's going to be a deterrent the next time this comes up? Absolutely not.
1: Would I? can't believe about this and don't like about this is the fact that Pat Bev is saying I'd do it all over again. In other words, you cheap shot a dude all over again because that's exactly what you did. Now listen, DeAndre Aiden, I don't really know if DA was really trying to menace uh, the dude that was on the ground. I don't even know if he was trying to stand over the guy that was on the ground, but all I know is this right here. Um That was a cheap shot. It's not like DA'd be the first guy to maybe stand over somebody that hit the ground. Okay. No, he's not the first guy to do that right there. I wouldn't do that if, unless I had a, unless I had a gripe with the individual that was there. I, I have stood over a dude on a football field when he deserved to be stood over if you know if you know what I mean. Okay, a cheap shot. Um, hitting a guy in a clean, legal kind of way that wasn't a cheap shot after he cheap-shotted you in the first quarter, I don't think there's anything wrong with standing over him and letting him know, yeah, it was me who knocked you to the ground. Now, in a game of basketball, it's something completely different, okay? But still, The one thing we know for certain is Pat Bev and what he did was a cheap shot. That was a cheap shot. And yet Pat Bev would say, I'd do it all over again. You know why, Pat Bev? Because you're a cheap shot. That's what you are. That's who you are. You did it to Chris Paul. You did it to DA. And you know what? You've done it to countless others. A cheap shot. Like Book said, Push somebody in the chest, not the back.
0: Yeah, Pat Bev, once again, uh, bleep that, bleep him. Uh, If we could play it back again, I would do the exact same thing. So Calvisia Consulting has some free advice for the Phoenix Suns and the new president of basketball operations, James Jones. You ready for my free advice? Go take a page at a 1970s hockey roster building and bring in a goon. (laughs) Bring in a goon. I'm am d- dead serious. Next time you play the Lakers. Come on. Pat Bev's out on the floor. You can't risk. It's sort of the old Wayne Gretzky rule, right? They're going to send a fourth liner after Wayne Gretzky. That's not a fair swap. I mean, you're not going to have Wayne Gretzky the great. You can't afford to lose D.A. or Devin Booker over this nonsense. Why they got Marty McSorley. Some fringe player, exactly, like Pat Bev. Forget That's not a fair swap if those two get thrown out of a game. And even worse, maybe D.A. or Book gets injured or something like that because you got a cheap shot artist on the floor. No, you need to bring (laughs) in. Maybe a Charles Oakley type. Some sort of enforcer. You bring in the Rick Mahorn going back you into
1: already the got day. one, Paul. Who, who, Jay oh. Crowder. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. You think he? You think just for the principle you of it... You were working that way, weren't you, though? That's exactly well, where you were I was going, going towards it. the were fact were that he's on me. a paid vacation. Jay Crowder.
0: And that would be his role. And let me ask you a valid question. I believe this is a legitimate question. Are teams more apt to take liberties with the Sun Stars because
1: Jay Crowder isn't looming i think you, yes i would say yes they're more apt i'm, I'm not going to make it sound like oh it's a likelihood now to happen. i think they're more apt yes to answer your question so
0: we'll get into this uh the rest of the show but what you're going to see now tonight on Thursday Night Football would be the Bills and the Patriots. The Patriots are the Cardinals' next opponent. And I, I knew Matt Judon was having a great year. I did not realize he's leading the league with a career-high 13 sacks yes. at this point. He has 10 sacks mm. and five home games this year. And he has absolutely been a menace against the Buffalo Bills. So you can bet when the Cardinals have their offensive line meetings starting next week for the next game, against the Patriots, uh, yeah, that's going to be the guy they identify in film as being enemy number one.
1: Yeah, here's what they do very, very well for the most part. Um, they're able to get teams into third and obvious pass situations, and that means you got to be good on first down, it means you got to be good on second down, and then, of course, Judon has really benefited from the fact that they get after an opposing qu- uh, quarterback, not only um, with a straight four-man rush, but but also, of course, scheming up pressures, five-man pressures in particular, Poly Complex pressures, something Vance Joseph has actually built a reputation across the National Football League for doing. I would say that Bill Belichick has a better fivesome, if you will, getting after the quarterback right now that he can actually scheme with. The New England Patriots, second in the league in sacks with 37 Second in the league with 37 sacks on the season, but there, this is something that the Cardinals have got to prepare for when they play the Patriots. Is just the fact they're going to try to take away Hollywood Brown and they're going to try to take away D. Hop. Those two guys, they'll take them away from Kyler Murray, and they're going to force the Cardinals to beat them with somebody else. Who is that somebody else? In my opinion. James Conner, okay. So, James Conner is well, wait somebody
0: else. Hang on, hang on here. Uh, I, I thought teams weren't supposed to be able to take away both D Hop and Hollywood Brown
1: at the same time. They can do it, Paul. They can do it right now. Honestly, when you stop and think about it, if you want to be able to do that, you can do that. You can take it away. You got. You got. Listen, you could rush three, right? You could go man across the board with four. And then you could go ahead and you can ding ding, ding, ding ding. You could bracket two guys on the outside. You could do it if you wanted philosophically, of course. you could do it if you wanted, and you could you could execute that, Paul, defensively. But having said that, um you also have to pick your spots as to when you want to take away. DeAndre Hopkins. And when you want to take away Hollywood Brown, based on where they are in the formation that you're in, in the down and distance it'd be something that is based on personnel group as well, Paulie. So there's a lot of mitigating factors that come into it, but there are are teams that bracket the two outside guys. They do it a lot in the red zone, as a matter of fact. I
0: want to see this Cardinals run game against the Patriots run defense, because the Chargers run defense came in historically bad, allowing 4.56 yards per carry, which was the worst all-time through a season since the merger, 1970. So in that first half especially, I mean, James. Connor just getting to the second level with impunity and frequency. I mean, there's no way it can be that easy against New England, not Bill Belichick. So I'm curious what the Cardinals are able to do in terms of a run game, especially with that's
1: it, Paulie. You know,
0: are they going to have Will Hernandez back? Might they have Rodney Hudson back? Cliff Kingsbury hinted as much. I'm not expecting Rodney Hudson, maybe Will Hernandez. And then conversely, you know, Josh Allen's going to get all the pub tonight, obviously, and all the coverage and all that. But Matt Jones is coming off a career high, 382 passing yards, a couple of touchdown passes, and a passer rating just under 120. And he's gone three straight games with a passer rating of 100+. plus. Mm. So Matt Jones... I mean, but look, we all saw the wild card loss to the Bills last year, and the Patriots got absolutely jack-stomped. And Mac Jones didn't even look like an NFL player. That's how bad he looked against the Bills in that game. But, you know, for a young guy, it sounds like he's made a lot of progress so far this season. And we'll see. Because the Cardinals, once again against the Chargers, lost their turnover battle. Yeah. They were negative two. And I think the stats say, you know, you got a 15% chance of winning any NFL game when you're down negative
1: two or beyond. The most important thing, I think, for the Arizona Cardinals against the New England Patriots, Patriots is they run the ball, and they do that very, very well offensively, just like we saw them run the ball in the last game against the Chargers. You tell me they're able to run the ball, and that's going to eliminate the possibility of Bill Belichick taking away both wide receivers from Kyler Murray.
0: All we know for sure is if it's a one-score game, the Bills will lose tonight. That's right, Lorenzo Alexander. We'll get into that tomorrow, by the way, for four hours. <laughs> Can't wait for that, Paul. Yeah. Can't wait, Bart Scott. Devin Booker put on a show. Really? Oh, really. Uh Just how impressed were we, right? Are you not entertained, Ron Wolfley? That is next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.